0: Man, high five, three people. Tell them it's good to be at the Hill. Come on, high five, three more, and say, I'm happy to see you. (laughs) Come on, somebody. Yes, 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 goodness. Yeah, come on, somebody. Good to be at the Hill. Happy Father's Day. Yes, man. I just want to say it's good to have one of my uh, best friends of my entire life, Brian Gray, and his family in the house. Man, I just love you. And, and not to embarrass you, but let's all clap for him. Uh, <laughs> It's good to have you here, brother, man. I'm thankful for you. If you've got your Bibles, we're to be Genesis 12. Uh, so my daddy was my coach growing up um, a lot in life, and um, I remember being, I was, we were little, man, back then. Kids are big today. I was a little, I was just a widow guy. Uh, y'all know what I'm saying. And uh, I, you know, he would put me on, he'd make me play with my brother, who was a lot older than me, and my brother's bigger. He's uglier, but he's bigger. And, and, and and he'd make me play on that team or let me play on that team. And I remember as, we were, as I would go play, he would just tell me, he's like, you got this, just go do your thing. You got this, just go do it, just, just go do it. And, and that he saw something when I was little in me on, on these teams that I didn't see in myself. Amen. Like, like he saw that I could do something that I didn't feel like that I had the the uh, ability or the, the strength or the talent to do. And, and as I look back in my life now pastoring I, that had such an impact to me in, 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 a, in a way because it, it's caused me in my ministry life to see things in other people. Come on somebody like like when we were first youth pastoring my worship pastor became the church worship pastor and the guy that helped me became a junior high youth pastor and, and we've seen that happen on and on and on and on in ministry. I mean, I was watching Beth uh, help on the worship team and just a few years ago, uh, she would have no part of church and no part of Jesus and no part of getting up early to go to practice. Forget that. Am I right Beth? But see, when my dad would do that, it caused something to rise up in me to begin to, to, to see things in other people and to call out anointings and other people and cheer them on and say, you can do this. God's got a plan for your life. And I remember my, my oldest daughter, Chloe, she's a now. Um, She can't get any older. I already told her. Uh, Come on, somebody. And and it was so cute. The other day, a boy asked her if he he could be her boyfriend. And she said, my dad's not going to let that happen. Glory to God. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Train them up glory. <laughs> and uh, she was 11 and she, she was about 6 at this time or maybe, she may have been like 5 and she's got her life jacket on and we're in the, the lake and she's floating around and playing and, and she's floating and I'm swimming by her underneath my in-laws pontoon and, and she's floating and we're playing and, and I said, I'm grabbing her life jacket and she's doing this thing, you know, and I'm, I'm I'm like, Chloe, I gotta talk to you. Chloe, Chloe and she's floating. Chloe, Chloe, I gotta tell you something. I gotta t- I was always telling her, God's got a good plan for your life. I said, Chloe, I wanna tell you something. And she's and she looks at me and she goes, again with the good plans for my life? <laughs> and I I laughed and I said yeah baby God's got good plans for your life and he wants to use you and he's anointed you and and I look back and I think man if I want my kids to be wore out from hearing something I want them to be wore out from me telling them that God wants to use them that I love them that he has a plan for them that they can do it I want them to be wore out from us calling calling things out on them and it was so beautiful in Stockton first service because I was watching my seven year old help lead worship or, or watching Zoe at three years old help lead worship in Nevada last night and it just moves my heart because that's what I want my kids were out here and amen? amen come on audience participation amen. amen there we go you're waking up today Genesis 12 let's look at this together <laughs> the call of Abram now the Lord said to Abram go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you and I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing I'll bless those that bless you, and to him that dishonors, I'll curse them. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. (laughs) So Abram went as the Lord told him, and Lot was with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Man, what a story. I love, I love, I love, I love this story. Like, first of all, I'm trying to picture Abram in this setting of Scripture. 75 years old. He's hanging out, and the Lord speaks to him. And says, Abram. And Abram's like, yeah, what's up, God? And, and, and God's like, Abram, I want you to go. And Abraham's like, Abram's like, go where? And, and God's like, I'll show you. And Abram's like, like, what does that mean? And, and God's like, I'll show you. And Abram's like, well, which way do I go? And God was like, I show you, and Abram was like, "Well, how long is it going to be?" And God was like, "Ah, you just you'll know when you get there." And and Abram's like, "But but I got a wife. You know what she's going to say?" And God's like, "I'm praying for you, bro. Come on, somebody." And so I'm trying to picture the setting of Scripture and God, Abraham coming home and being like, "Sarah, we got to have a talk." And Sarah's like, "What's up, what's up, Abram?" And, and 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 Abram's like, "Well, Sarah, we moving." And Sarah's like, "Well, where to, honey? That sounds exciting." And he goes, "I don't know." He knew better than to say, I'll show you. Come on, somebody. And so he said, Well, the, I, I don't know. And, and they were like, well, When are we leaving? And Abram was like, I don't know. And, and Abram was like, Well, how do we know when we get there? And Abram was like, I don't know. What are you going to do for work? I don't know. <laughs> How long is it going to take us? I don't know. Like, like I'm trying to picture. Can you imagine having this conversation with your spouse? And when then they say, why come? You say, because God said, like, now listen, uh, yeah, my wife's a godly woman. And she would trust me at that. But I can tell you, she'd be thinking to herself, oh, Lord, I hope he's hearing from you. <laughs> right? Like, I'm trying to picture this conversation of with Abram talking to his family and friends and saying, well, God told us to go. And, and, and his dad, or his uncles and cousins and his friends being like, go where? And he was like, well, God's going to show me. And you know they were thinking, but it's good here. It's safe here. It's secure here. And if we go somewhere else than what you're used to, what if it it doesn't turn out good? And and what if it's not well? And what if you don't make it? And what if you don't? And what if you don't? And I know Abram's response was, but what if I do? See, God often calls us out of what is normal and comfortable because he has something more for us. God often calls us out of what is, what is what is ordinary into the extraordinary but the extraordinary is never simple it is never it's rarely clear I love this setting of scripture because I know Abram was like but God's going to use the foolish things of the world to confound the wise so if you're calling me foolish for obeying God I know that I must be on the right track put that back up there for me no not that one the next one um, no, no no not five two go there we go and i'll make your name great like i'm thinking of this blessing and god's like abram i want to use you if you'll obey me now notice if you go i will if you i will say that with me if you if you hey god's speaking to abram and he's like there's going to be a blessing on your life that's going to follow you Okay, it's going to follow you as you walk in obedience. Notice, blessing hinges on obedience or blessing follows him that would obey. David would later say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. See, the problem with us is we're like, God, if you'll bless me, I'll step. And God's like, I'll work that way. We're like, God, if you'll bless me, if you'll make a way, and God's going, you're missing it. You're missing it. I don't make a way often ahead of what you can see. Right? As you obey, as you walk in faith, as you step, all of a sudden my blessing begins to follow you. My goodness and my mercy begins to get poured out on you. And as you go, it's going to hit you and it's going to splash and spill out on everyone that you encounter. As you follow me, as you go, as as you step out in obedience... My blessing is going to pour out on your life in ways that you can't even fathom. Yeah, good. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow you, oh, Abram. If you'll go, I've got a blessing that you can't fathom. If you'll obey my voice, if you'll obey my leadership, if you will, I will blow your mind with how good I am. Yeah. Abram's like, well. <laughs> And look what it says, go back to that, go back to that. Abram, look what he says, he goes, and and I'm going to make your name great. So that you will be a blessing. Notice, he didn't say, I'm going to bless you and that's it. He didn't say, I'll make your name great and that's it. He said, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to make your name great and I want to bless you. I'm going to bless you because I want to, because I have good things for my children. I'm going to make your name great because I want to and I have good things for my children. But I'm going to bless you, but not for you. I'm going to bless you for the sake of the world. Jesus said it like this. He said, it's better for me to go to the Father so the Holy Spirit can come. Now, Holy Spirit came to live in us for us. But he came to rest on us for the sake of the world. He's saying, Abram, if you'll obey me, man, it's going to be amazing to you. You're going to be so blessed, but it isn't about you. It's about those around you. Megan always, I love the way Megan says this. She says, God's will, it it, it doesn't revolve around you. But it involves you. Abram I want to bless you and it's going to be so incredible it's going to be awesome but, but listen Abram don't miss it this ain't about you I'm just going to use you it ain't about you it ain't for you it's for them but you get to be the conduit you get to be the resource Jesse Duplantis I like the way he says it he says the heart of God is the Father the face of God is the Son the voice of God is Holy Spirit but the hands of God well that's the church He says, Abram, I want to use you to be my hands to a lost and dying world. I want to use you to bless all generations. And Abram was like, okay. So they set out. And they're going. And, and I think day one, there was, uh, you know, maybe two hours into the into the, the travel. They're dancing and they're sweating and they're having fun. And it's the desert, but it doesn't matter because they've obeyed the voice of God. And, and maybe 12 hours in, it's getting nighttime and it don't matter. They're dancing and rejoicing and it's been a good day. And they're happy and life is good and, and they're excited. And the next morning, it doesn't matter. We're feeling good. Let's get up and let's go marching into where God calls us to go. And, and about noon or about three the next day in the hottest part of the day, I know they had to look at... Abram, the, the family there, had to look at Abram and say, Abram, where's the water? And Abram was like, hold on, let me check. God, where's the water? And you know what God told Abram? He said, I'm not going to give you water. I'm going to give you a shovel. Come on, somebody. and Get to digging. See, I think that if, if it would have been easy, it says that Abram began to dig wells. If it would have been easy, if they would have walked a day and a half and a boom, a river would have popped out of the water, it would have been hard for them to take the land that God had called them to take. But see, if God wants to advance the kingdom and he wants to use you, there will be difficulty, but that's not because of you. That's because the call is so good that the things God has is so great if he doesn't allow you to build some stick-to-itness. Come on, somebody. If he doesn't if He doesn't build some great with inside of you. When it gets real hard, you're quit. So, as they begin to go and they got there and they're saying, God, why? Why is there no water? God's saying, No, 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 you're missing it. You're missing it. You're missing it. I'm not going to bring water. I'm going to give you a shovel. I'm going to give you the ability to bring the resource you need for this season of life. Oh, you didn't get that. They didn't like it. Let me tell you all. We're saying, God bless me. God bless me. He goes, I'm going to give you the ability to get the resource you need for this season of life. That's what he's saying, Abel. I could, I could just cause her to be like, like a geyser spring out of the ground. But you don't need geyser faith. You need well faith. You need some, my God in heaven, preach with me today. You need some deep faith. Dig now Abram could have dug a shallow well he could have been like dig a little bit like you do at the beach and there's a little mud and that's enough but it says he dug a deep, why would he dig a deep well? like a shallow well would have watered them for a short season of time then they would have left to continue to do what God called them to do why did they dig a deep well? I think as they were digging that well and it was hot and it was hot and as they're digging and they're digging and they're digging and they're digging and and they hit water and they're like Abram we hit water and Abram's like No, no 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 go deeper go deeper. But no, we got water. It doesn't matter. Go deeper. Because I remember God told me that through me everybody would be blessed. Come on, somebody. So I refuse to leave no legacy behind. I'm going to dig deeper and deeper and deeper so that those that come after me can get a leg head. So that those that come after me already have water to get. Legacy, y'all. That's legacy, y'all. Dig the well. And he dug deep. And he dug deep. Listen, if you're going to do the things that God has called you to do, you're going to have to dig deep at some point. It ain't going to be easy. At some point in the walk, at some point in the journey, you're just going to have to decide, all I got is a shovel, and I'm going to dig as deep as I can. A little bit after that, Abram at 100 years old, and Sarah, Sarai. at this point, Abraham and Sarah, they have a baby. Can you, anybody 100 in the house? I'm just trying to picture We just got off our 15th wedding anniversary. We went on a a cruise and it was magical. And someone before we left said, you are going to come back with baby number five? I said, get behind me, Satan. Come on, somebody. (laughs) No. I'm trying to imagine like Abraham coming home from a long day of herding the sheep and Sarah going, surprise, honey. (laughs) I'm pregnant. (laughs) I'm just trying to picture that, man. She gets pregnant and they have a son. And actually, before that, they have Abram has a son named Ishmael, which is a representative of when we try to get God's promise our way. And and God's like, don't do it your way, trust my process, trust my way. And so they they give birth and and have a son named Isaac. Man, Isaac, wow. The father, we're talking, it's Father's Day, talking about the fathers of our faith: Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Isaac, as he goes, see what Abram. Abraham, he dug wells out of necessity for survival. But Isaac, he dug wells because that's what he watched his daddy do. See, man, your kids are watching you. They're going to watch what daddy do. See, what you do in moderation, often your children will do in excess. I'm going to say it again. What you do in moderation, your children will often do in excess. So make sure it's good and godly things he's digging the well Isaac then goes and he takes the family name and he starts moving and they start doing the things that God has called them to do and as they go what does he do? He dug a well. That's exactly right. He dug a well. And it says that the herdsmen of the region came and they begin to fight and quarrel over the well. Have you ever done that? Like you're trying to move into what God has promised you, what God has gifted you to do. And along the way, there's a fight that comes. Along the way, something tries to fight for your promise. Or can I say it a little bit further? Not only fight, something steals the thing that God has called you to do, your idea, your dream, your vision. They're digging the well, the herdsmen of Gerar come and it says they fight over the the well they literally named the well quarreling i'm reading this and i'm like my goodness i've had times in my life where things that i've i've prayed over fasted over hoped over and it feels like something stole my promise you know what Abraham, you know what isaac did isaac was like oh god that's it i quit i'm never trying again that's what we do I tried that one time, pastor, and it didn't work out, so I'm done. I'm just going to do it like that. I love what uh, Isaac's looking at God. He's like, God, I labored, I dug, I'm wore out, I worked my fingers to the bone. I don't have any energy left, and they stole what you promised me. And God, in his wisdom, said, oh, bummer, dude. (laughs) Here's another shovel. Keep digging. I think we give up too early. Keep digging. I think we get tired and we say, God, I'm wore out. And he responds, keep digging. Don't give up. Don't give in. Keep digging. I read this and I'm like, God, I don't feel like digging. He said, I know it, son. I know you don't feel like it, but there's water on the other side of the hole. So keep digging. I know you don't feel it. I know you're tired, but there's going to be some people come after you. So keep digging. Fight for the faith. So he digs another hole. And guess what it says? Some more, some more herdsmen come and they fight over it. You know, you know what Isaac did? Isaac, hole number two they get stolen. Well number two they get stolen. I think in my heart, Isaac's like, you know what, stop. As they're saying, that's ours, that's ours, we dug that. That's ours, that's our well, that's our territory. Isaac was like, hold on. I ain't going to let you steal what God promised me. I'm going to sew it to you. You can just have it. Because see, God can gift you a well. But he's gifted me with an ability to dig wells. Come on, somebody. So you can take it for a moment. And I'm just going to come over here. And I'm just going to keep digging. Because you may have a well that will last for a little while. But God has gifted me with something within my soul that will last not just my lifetime. But the word says it will bless my children's children to the thousandth generation. Amen. You can have that one. You can have that mesial well. He digs another well. They call it Rehoboth. Genesis 26, if you want to look it up, digs another well called Rehoboth, and it literally means wide spaces. Literally, they said, I'm calling it Rehoboth because finally, it's a well of enough room. If you feel like you're in a tight place, dig a new well. If you feel like you're being squeezed out of some things, and you're confused about what your calling is, or confused about what, what relationship is supposed to look like, or, or what parenting is supposed to look like, can I help you today? Grab a shovel and dig another well. Jacob, the spirit gets on Jacob and Jacob starts digging wells. We don't know a lot about Jacob other than about the wells that he dug, other than he moved and, and worked for his uncle Laban. And Laban, he falls in love with this girl and, and Laban says, Well, you can marry her if you work for seven years. You can marry Rachel. So he marries Rachel. But, but Laban threw in the, the other one and ended up marrying the wrong girl. Can you imagine what that would be like? Now here, there's a powerful thing here. Because he he thought he married Rachel, but he woke up with Leah. There's a powerful thought that goes with this, guys. Because some of y'all, five years into the marriage, you're thinking, God, did I marry the wrong one? And God's going, did you marry her? Did you marry him? Yeah. Well, then then the right one now. Because uh, when he woke up with the wrong woman, he stayed with her. That's what he did. He didn't quit because it was hard, didn't quit because it was difficult, didn't quit because he thought it was the wrong one. He said, I'll keep working, keep digging, and he he ends up marrying Rachel as well back then, that was okay, and and they had a bunch of kids, and and they get a bunch of livestock, and they're moving, and as they move, they dig wells. See, what, what Abram did out of necessity for survival, Isaac did out of learned behavior, and then Jacob, he began to do it second nature. See, my daddy was the first one saved in his family line. He was, he was a mess, man. Drugs and alcohol and just a, a mess. See, what he did as he came to Jesus out of, out, of, out of necessity, I began to do out of learned behavior. and Now my children do second nature. Second nature nature—it's what they do. Fast forward to John chapter 4. Will you fill that up there for me? A woman came from Samaria to draw water and Jesus said to her, Hey, give me a drink. Verse 8, the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you're a Jew and you ask me for a drink? A woman of Samaria, for Jews have no dealings with Samarians. And Jesus said to her, if you knew the gift of God, I'm sorry, if you knew the gift of God and who it was saying to you, give me a drink, you'd have asked him for a drink and he would have given you living water. And the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his life so, who, who dug the well? Jacob. Jacob dug a well, a deep well, that would last 3,000 or so years. That's a deep well. They had this conversation, this Samaritan woman. Guys, Jews and Samaritans didn't, didn't talk. They weren't friends because Samaritans were considered half-breeds. They, they were half Hebrew, half Israelite, and they were half Gentile. Right? So they had, no, they had no one to call home. You ever been like that? You ever been like that? Like you have no one to real call family because you're half this way and half this way and you're this way and this way and you're just kind of out of place. Matter of fact, so they looked down on them because of that, and also the Samaritans—they were kind of like like uh, uh, Chiefs fans only after Patrick Mahomes got on the team. Like 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 they would only cheer for whoever was good. So like if if Israel was winning a war, they would be Israel. They would fight with Israel. But then if the Philistines were winning the war, they'd fight with the Philistines. They they just couldn't pick a real team. They weren't real fans. They were fair weather fans. That's what was going on. Not only were they were they bad, but also she had had five husbands, and the guy she's living with, she's not Married to and, and, and it says that she came in the hot part of the day. Jesus came and he rested at this well in the hottest part of the day. This woman woke up, okay. She's rejected by Israel, she's rejected by Hebrews or, and by, by, by Greeks and Gentiles, and not only that, she's rejected by her own family and own clan because she can't stick to anything, she can't seem to make anything work. When, when you would normally come to the well, is when it was cool, and you'd come and do the hardest work at the coolest part of the day, and it would be okay. But she woke up that morning and was like, no. I ain't having anybody judge me today. I ain't having anybody ridicule me today. I ain't having anybody talk at me today. I ain't having anybody talk about me today. I'll go to get the water at noon. And she lugs these big vessels all the way to the well at noon. And finds Jesus sitting there. He shouldn't have talked to her because she was a Samaritan. He shouldn't have talked to her because she was a woman. And because of her sin. God is showing us that there's no shame when it comes to Jesus. Amen. Nothing you've done, no matter how bad, how bad your family, no matter how, how horrible, no matter what things you've gone through, no matter what things have happened to you, no matter what things you've caused to happen, none of that moves him away from your heart. She was coming in her shame to avoid people. And Jesus is like, that's perfect because that's right where I want to be. You ever had Jesus interrupt your depression? You ever had Jesus interrupt your frustration or your pity party? You're, you're trying to be frustrated and you're like, just everybody leave me alone. And Jesus, like, can I come in? And I'm like, no. And he goes, too bad. And he opens the door and just steps into my life. He's like, we got to talk. I love you so much and I'm tired of you avoiding the people that I've called you to. I'm tired of you avoiding the things that I want you to do. He has this conversation with this Samaritan woman, she's broken. He said, do you realize you're you're, you're coming for water to make it? You're coming to survive. Jesus is saying, but I want to give you water that would cause you to thrive. I'm better than good, sis. That's what he's saying. I'm better than good. I'm God. Y'all, he's better than good. He's God. They're having this conversation she's like are you greater than our father Jacob which is funny because someone else said are you greater than Moses are you greater than Abraham he's like I'm I'm greater I'm God she said are you better than are you greater than Jacob who dug us this well and about the 1960s Larry Richardson moved to Stockton Missouri he taught junior high uh, English and then eventually became a, a high school counselor anybody know Larry Richardson yeah there's did he teach you no, you were too young. That's what it was. <laughs> That's what it was. Uh, about the 1960s, he moved and he taught in Stockton. And then he moved to St. Louis. And it was good. And, and he was a good teacher and a great counselor. And he loved people well. And, and he was good to the kids. And the kids the kids loved him. And, and he still comes and, still comes and sees some of them, even to Stockton to this day. It's pretty awesome, man. He, he, he was awesome. I was wondering, as I'm reading this story about Abram and about Isaac and about Jacob and about Jesus... And I began to think Is it possible That God spoke to Abram And said Abram Do you trust me? And Abram's like yeah I need you to go to a land I'll show you And dig a well Oh who's going to drink at the well? And he's like not you is it, is it possible that God is asking you to dig some wells That you'll never drink from? Because it ain't about you Abram I need you to go dig a well, but more important than you digging the well, I need you to teach Isaac that that's what we do. I need it to become learned behavior, and I need him to teach Jacob so that learned behavior is second nature. And see, when digging wells is second nature, we're going to build something that would last. Abram, do you trust me? Because in about 3,000 years, there's a woman going to come to a well to meet my son and the Savior of all mankind, and I need there to be a well there. Abram, do you trust me? God, I don't know. It's uncomfortable, I know. And you're not going to see the reward of your labor until you get to heaven. But do you trust me? I need there to be a well there. I need there to be a well there, a deep well that would last for thousands of years. And you're not going to be the one to dig it. But without you, the well doesn't get dug. Abram, do you trust me? Larry Richardson moved to Stockton from St. Louis to teach. Like, b- b- bummer. <laughs> Moves to Stockton and he teaches and counselor. And he was my dad's teacher and counselor. And uh, matter of fact, <laughs> one of my dad's friends uh, died when my dad was 17. was killed in a car wreck. My dad was broken. I don't know what to do. Uh, My my dad's going, I I don't know what my life's going to look like now. He had to come to a realization of what death was and what happens after you die. And he found himself driving until he drove to Larry Richardson, his high school counselor at night. Um, It it was at nighttime. He drove to Larry Richardson's house. Larry, can we talk? I'm facing some stuff. Worship team, come help me. He said, I'm facing some stuff and I, I don't know what this is supposed to look like. And Larry said, well, Tim, are you ready to die? Meaning, do you know what happens when you die? My dad said, no. So Larry began to introduce my dad to Jesus. Larry introduced my dad to him. Because my dad was going to fall in love with a girl that loved him. And they were going to have to raise boys that would serve him. So that they would raise kids that would be second nature to honor him. Here's my point. My point is, is it possible that God was like, Larry, I need you to move to Stockton, Missouri. Because later, there's going to be a church in Bolivar, Missouri. And there's going to be a Megan that needs to meet me there. So Larry, it may be uncomfortable for you. It may be uncomfortable for you, but there's going to be a guy named Sean that that is on drugs and he needs freedom and he doesn't know how to get it and he won't know how to get it. So will you move to Stockton because later I need Sean to encounter the well. Will you do it? Do you trust me? Abram. Larry. Jimmy. Ashley. Bruce. Brian. Brian. Stanley, God's saying, do you trust me? It's not going to be easy. Matter of fact, it's going to be difficult, but dig the well because people need me. And it's my will, Abram. It's gonna be hard and confusing and you're gonna feel like I'm not there, although I am. You're gonna feel like I left, although I haven't. You're gonna feel too weak, although I've given you strength. You're gonna feel stressed, although I'm peace. You're gonna feel afraid, although I'm your shelter, I'm your rampart, I'm your buckler. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand by your right hand. But I won't let it come near you, Abram. I know, I know it's scary, but Abram, do you trust me? Because there's gonna be a woman at a well. What the word says, this is what the word says. And it's my will that not one should perish. Abram. Yeah, God. Do you trust me? Yeah, God. I can't help but think, had Larry Richardson not moved to Stockton, Missouri, I wouldn't be alive. See, I'm a product. Beth, you're a product. JR, you're a product. Guys, you're a product of someone else's obedience, of someone else's will. Faith, you're a product. Would you bow your heads all over the place? God, as we stand before you, we hear you calling to us. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Yes, God, I trust you. Then, for the sake of the one, would you build this well? Do you
1: trust me? Yeah
2: like that the same God that provided for Abram to train his kids so that God could send his son to meet a woman that needed to meet him in a well, I feel like the same God that created all of that and orchestrated all that could have orchestrated everything in your life right here and right now today. I truly believe that he could have placed people in your life, flat tires in your life, and moments in your life to where you can sit right here so that you could hear that he's the God that still loves you yet today, even in the middle of your mess. Nobody looking around this morning If you need to meet that Father, that good Father that cares enough for you that He set the world aside to meet you this morning, if you need to meet Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior this morning, maybe you have before, maybe you've fallen away and you need to do it again. Maybe you just need to assure yourself that he's living inside of you this morning. On the count of three, I just want you to lift your hand and hold it there. Ready? One, don't miss your chance. Two, today is your day. Three, thank you. Others? the the rest of us, God, that we're thankful that you created a way when it seemed to be there was no way. God, you trained people. You called them. You give them the option to respond. Father, today, whether we're sitting in this room or whether we are watching online, God, help us have a heart. To say yes, God, I'll follow. I don't know where we're going, I don't know how we're going to get there. But God, as you call and lead, I'll follow you at every moment, at every step. I'll have faith before the road has been put together. I'll step when it doesn't seem like there's nothing to put my foot solid on. God, I'll I'll dig wells that don't have anything to do with me, but God, it has everything to do with your kingdom. Father, help us today to see you as our Father that loves us beyond all comparison, above anything that we can imagine. Lord, we thank you for that love this morning. Jesus, in your name we pray.